pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 157. Today I'm going to chat with Eli Bruton, Logan Jones, and Trevor Smith from The Gun Shop Show, discuss a lawsuit filed in Hawaii against their magazine capacity law, highlight new Glock pistols you might actually be asking for, and talk about a California man who saved his home with beer. I'm your host, Ava Flannell, and guys, how are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us on. Of course. I just imagine right now you guys are all sitting on each other's laps and just sharing a microphone. Yeah, stacked up like Russian dolls. That's exactly it's, what we're doing. We're like, we're like the soggy bottom boys. We're all leaning into the same microphone. That sounds better than the Russian dolls thing. We're that, not social distancing. Around yeah, I was just going to say that doesn't sound very COVID savvy, but no big deal. I'm not judging. Yeah, not judging. In fact, you know what I really don't judge is Manicore Arms parts. I am actually getting a transformer rail because in my last show, I said that I was going to be building another AR 300 blackout which is crazy that it's taken me this long to jump on that 300 blackout wagon and it's not even cool anymore. But I'm doing it mostly so that I could suppress it. You guys want to get the phone back there? <laughs> oh, that's going to That's the That's going to be a thing. This is we're inside of our store, so Okay, this is great. Uh, real, real professional. Uh, oh, that yeah. that goes on during our TV yeah, show. Those are those are just background Like effects. when people watch our show on TV, they hear that. It's, <laughs> it's a real thing. Yeah, okay, that's cool. Anyways, Transformer Rail. So what I love about it is it's basically future proof. There's nothing worse than like, oh, you buy something that's key mod and then you buy accessories and next thing you know, key mod doesn't fit. It's made for M lock or something. So you can get these panels and change them out depending, you could have M-Lock, Keymod, Picatinny, whatever. And yeah, constantly change them out. It's future-proof. They're available in 9-inch, 13-inch, 15-inch. And they range from basically $135 to $155. But if you use the code GUNFUNNY15, you will get 15% off. That's at manicorearms.com. Sounds like a deal. It is. It's a deal. I'm going to have to look up what a transformer rail is now. (laughs) Well, I just told you what a transformer rail is. Oh, yeah, okay. He, he checked out. Oh, <laughs> well, I, uh, yeah, I'm still learning stuff. But I liked it. And in fact, I thought this would be a great item for us to stock at Liberty Tree Guns. It really would because you're not restricted to like people might say, hey, key mod is old news, whatever. But people still have a ton of accessories for key mod. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so even I, if they just put one panel that is for that accessory, it's great because now you don't have to go out and buy all new accessories or only stick with a certain handguard. Yeah, it's hard when customers ask, like, how is MLock better than Keymod? And because, you know, they bought a used gun or something with Keymod on it, and you have to just tell them, because some guys on the internet said it was dorky. So. Right, I know. <laughs> <hurt> their ego. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. All right, now at deconstructing the industry. Learn the things you never knew on Deconstructing the Industry. Now, before we discuss your show and the gun shop, I want to hear about everyone's background and when they became fan of firearms. So whoever wants to go first. Well, we'll let the host of the show go first. Okay, you know. Seems, <laughs> unless he wants to pick someone else. Uh, I could delegate this to Logan, but I'll go. Okay. I'm, I'm up here. My background, uh, primarily my my uh, biggest influence in becoming a gun firearms instructor and really o- always 
was a gun enthusiast growing up, but I was a cop for five years. So a lot of my context for gun training and tactical decision-making and eventually what led to becoming a pistol instructor and then eventually owning a retail gun store really all came from spending five years in law enforcement. Nice. And then after law enforcement, what made you want to get out? I invented a drill-powered chicken plucker. <laughs> True story. Uh, that's a real story. Um, it I was, was a device. I was like, takes... should I laugh? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's okay. It's yeah. okay to laugh. It's a real story, and it really is kind of humorous. But uh, it was a device that took feathers off of chickens, and I uh, started manufacturing and selling it. And it was more lucrative for me to do that than to be a cop. But then I had a friend that said, hey, I'm going to start offering gun training. And I said, let me help you out with that. And that blew up into a whole new thing uh, that is now Liberty Tree Guns. Uh, we've got a wide customer base. I've personally certified over 5,000 students in Missouri Concealed Carry. And it has really become a big part of my life and who I am. Okay. So the real question is, though, do you still do the whole chicken plucking mechanism or is that a thing of the past? It's a thing of the past for me. I sold it to a good friend of mine, Bill Smith, who still operates it. If people are curious, they can go to powerplucker.com. The video there of how it works is actually my, you won't see my face, but that's my hand and arms operating the, mm. the device. So if, if you know somebody, and especially right now, while everyone's mindful of their food supply and being self-sufficient, if they raise chickens and need to butcher some and process them, put them in the freezer... Uh, it's a really cool tool and it keeps you from having to buy a big expensive machine. It attaches on any drill and that's, that's crazy. Kind of a, yeah, that's the story. Yeah. All right. Trevor, what about you? I have a background in uh, creative. Uh, I've been an artist most of my life, visual, audio, um, was in a band for 10 years. And uh, while I was doing that, I learned how to run software and audio and visual and uh, Came on board with Eli about five years ago, and so that's what we're doing now. Were you always into guns, or did you um, just kind of become friends with them and then in, into you're... into seems like a strong phrase. Uh, I keep them mostly for self defense. I wouldn't say that I'm a I'm a gearhead when it comes to just about anything. So basically, he was liberal, not opposed. No, <laughs> well, I don't know. I'll let I'll let him answer that, but not a gun person like you and I would describe it and most of your listeners would be, but because he understands obviously the value and then also from his experience, I think working here yeah, um, has helped spark and grow that interest. But that's why on the show, he's always kind of the, uh, the guy straight that, man. So yeah. To speak. <laughs> he's coming to it from a legitimate point of asking some basic questions because he didn't spend all of his teenage years and early 20s like I did going to gun shows and being into mm -hmm. you know that sort of thing instead he's like one time I painted a mural of a gun on the side of a wall <laughs> that's when I, I felt my calling that's when I knew <laughs> I keep uh, paint, painting guns on lawn chairs <laughs> there you go and then Logan what about you uh, my passion for firearms started about when I was a kid I received a uh, Savage 22 for one of my birthdays I think I was like 7 and it really just took off from there my tastes have been getting more expensive as I go along. I started <laughs> off with like a basic, like a hundred dollar Savage, bought my first pistol. And then uh, ever since then, I've been just 
really into guns, really into high end innovative stuff. And uh, that's kind of where I am now. He's working three jobs to keep that gun habit afloat. <laughs> it's true. It really is true. I met, Lo- I met Logan as a customer in the store and he was one of only two people, maybe in the history of the country that bought a Hudson H nine when it came out. <laughs> and we saw how that turned out. Yeah. yeah no and, kidding. And- <laughs> But that's pretty cool. I mean, I think unless you were in the gun industry, a lot of people weren't as aware of the Hudson, which is probably good because now there's a lot of people that have broken guns and there's nowhere to go to fix them. Mm-hmm. Luckily, uh, Logan dumped his off back on me on a trade-in before, oh. before they went down <laughs> in flames. That's, that's so you. funny. Ha ha, sucker. <laughs> yeah, so how long has Liberty Tree Guns been around? Uh, about five years. Uh, we're in our fifth year now. Um, started out about a quarter of the size we are now. Um, we're, we're in a small town of about 13,000 people, but we, uh, we're a top 100 seller on Gunbroker, uh, one of the top used gun dealers in the country. We have kind of a, a rabid following in our area, really resonate with our customer base. And so out of that following uh, grew the gun shop show. So you guys get recognized at bars and stuff? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Dude, me yeah. too. It was so awkward. There was one time when I was sitting at a bar and then somebody's like, hey, are you Ava? I think I got my concealed carry permit for you. And I was like, oh, yeah. And then another guy, he's like, dude, I took your class too. And then next thing I know, I was like, wow, I pretty much trained the entire bar. It was like everyone in the bar was like, oh, yeah. And you see so many faces, you don't really remember. And you're right. like, yeah, I remember you. Yeah, so, you're like, hey there. Hope you've been training at the range. <laughs> follow up on him (laughs) yeah so that's exactly how i I envision it you know in your smaller town but it does seem like you guys have a very large gun shop even for you guys to record your show and be in separate rooms most gun stores you're looking at maybe there's like two rooms yeah we have about a five thousand square foot store most of that is showroom but some of it's back stock and Mm -hmm. offices and we do a lot of shipping so we gotta have space for that's where all those uh, boxes that you yeah. <laughs> that you made fun of Trevor said yeah. he worked at a UPS office. Those are all for outgoing shipments. But it does all- kind of look like he does. And he's like, yeah, this is my day job, but I'm going to chime <laughs> into a podcast whenever I can. The UPS is cool with me going on a show in the middle of my shift. <laughs> Thanks, UPS. I wouldn't doubt it. That's why shipping takes forever, I guess. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's why it's behind. Trevor's in the middle of a show. Yeah. Because people are making shows while they're supposed to be doing shipping. I did consider getting a UPS work shirt, really, really leaning into the whole UPS thing. You should. That would be hilarious. But I went with uh, sunglasses instead. That was my. Oh, okay. That's that's cool. Uh, Yeah. Women's. Just in case uh, you've had some of those late nights and you're like, yeah, sunglasses. You know, I could pull these off. Nobody knows. Because of the late nights. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's not because of how he identifies. Uh, no. <clears throat> well, we, we've tried example. to iron all that out on our show. What defines gender with, with sunglasses? And you'll just have to watch to find out. Obviously, I'm on the side that uh, they are not women's sunglasses. They are. Hmm. Okay. Well, this is getting awkward. So you guys offer training. <laughs> Eli, are you the only instructor there or is everyone... Certified yeah, I, to train. I'm, right now, I'm the only one. We've had some in the past, um, but I do it, and I've done it so much that I probably need to delegate that job. But uh, right now, we do mostly one or two dates a month when we have uh, pretty good-sized classes, but it's just, just all on me now. So how's that changed now since the start of COVID and stuff? There's been a ton of guns purchased. A lot of people who are new gun owners has the demographics of people seeking out that training. Has it changed? 
It definitely has. I noticed that, especially in my latest class. See, Missouri, people sort of use the misnomer that we're constitutional carry. But Mm -hmm. when we first got started, there was a permit requirement. You know, carrying concealed on your person without a permit was a class D felony, unlawful use of weapons. So you had to have the permit. Well, they've, they've simply decriminalized that at the state level. So people go around with the notion that you don't need one per se, um, and that you only need it if you travel outside of the state. So for the last two and a half years, it was mostly people that take training really seriously. Like they know that they don't quote unquote have to, but they wanted to be there just to get the education uh, in terms of when you can use force and also to get the reciprocity when they travel outside of the state. So it wasn't a lot of like brand new gun owners for the most part. Um, but in this last class, we had a lot of a lot of people that had to be shown, mm-hmm. you know, what a slide was, how to pull the slide back, all of those things, which is not very common in our area. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that as well. And typically there's been a lot of people that used to be anti-gun that now are coming to their senses and realizing, oh, I need a gun. The police aren't going to protect me. But you're also not only are you teaching them to use a foreign object, but you're also kind of working through their mindset of they basically hated guns their entire life up until now. And they probably still there are still students that still hate guns. I've had people in my class and they're like, why do we even need a gun? I'm like, I don't know. Why are you even here? (laughs) I'm just like, okay, any other stupid questions? (laughs) But it's your deal. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess I kind of understand, too, when you said that you have been teaching a long time and you should probably delegate that because I think you reach a point where you're like, okay, I don't have as many patients as I used to. And I'm assuming that that's what you mean, or maybe you're just really busy. But I've been teaching now for seven years, a little over seven years. And I got to say, this last wave of new gun owners is really, it's been a lot of work. It's been more than just teaching somebody how to use an object. Yeah, you're converting, um, you know, and for those of us that embrace the Second Amendment, we have an inherent, almost instinctive uh, way that we resonate with the human right to defend ourselves. And thankfully, I mean, I think it's a totally positive thing that these people, they've looked around at the news, they've seen instances where people called the police and they're like, look, even if we could, uh, or even if we wanted to respond, we couldn't, we Mm -hmm. can't physically get to you. So you're on your own. Yeah. And uh, you know, we had that famous case in Missouri where the couple was defending their home. They were uh, not even uh, conservative people. They kind of were uh, affluent mm-hmm. left wing liberals, but their property came under attack by, um, you know, people that were doing property damage. And so now they're having to not only respond to this feeling of fear uh, that they need to be able to protect themselves, but also digest all of that and make sure that they're okay with it and come to grips with it. And then, you know, deal with stuff like me teaching them to aim for center mass and carry a hollow point that inflicts maximum tissue damage. Mm -hmm. And all of that is like a lot for them to take in and you're taking them on that journey. Yeah, completely agree. I'm going to take a quick break real quick. Talk about SB tactical. If you guys want to use one of their AK pistol braces 
for example, the FS-1913, it doesn't have a 1913 rail on it or a buffer tube. SB Tactical made it really easy. You can use the SBM-47 brace, and it features an adapter that installs easily under the pistol grip without any drilling or tapping the receiver. And then as a result, you can attach that brace. It's on their website for $149.99, but use that code GUNFUNNY15 you will get 15% off. That is at sb-tactical.com. I think it was NSSF that said that 40% of new gun owners are women. Have you seen that change? Have more women taken training or buy guns? We have always had a high percentage of women. Is it because Trevor attracts all of them? No, they keep me in the back. Um, I like how I like how this is shifting. Where <laughs> Logan has been the uh, gun bunny, but now now it's shifting. To- you all Logan, Logan. Logan. Yeah, the gun bunny. Huh. We was thrust upon Logan. I know Logan's in the corner. Okay, well, this typically the show's about me, but I guess not this time. <laughs> Logan, are you He's doing okay outside. back there? It's really hard <laughs> accepting the fact He's that I'm not a gun bunny anymore. Yeah. <laughs> So you've always seen a consistent uptick in females seeking training and buying guns. Yeah. In our, um, in our area, I'll just be honest with you. A lot of the other retail businesses are just not very accommodating or friendly even to women. Mm-hmm. So uh, this is one thing we decidedly did, you know, is that we were going to treat women fairly and and listen to what they need and not presume as a man that we know what they need and we can tell them now here's what you need until I actually learned from them what their day-to-day needs were and how it's different than a man and uh, since we took that like decided effort um, we're popular among women and when we're out and about even in neighboring towns you see women wearing our t-shirts and our swag and uh, we have a big female customer base. Nice. I love that. How much inventory do you guys have left after? I think that there's been record sales. Personally, I've been busier than I've ever been in the seven years that I've been open. And even here in Colorado, if I go to a gun store, maybe they have 10% of their inventory left. So are you guys pretty cleaned out? And how hard is it to keep stock of guns and ammo right now? It has been tough. I would say we're not we're not down to 10% of our inventory, but we're down probably to half of it. Uh, but we have a, a fairly um, solid supply of used firearms, mm-hmm. and that's that's helped give us an advantage because the distributors are all dried up. It's it's been crazy busy though. I mean, we we typically June every year we've been in business. June is the slowest month mm-hmm. of the year, but we had our biggest month ever in June of 2020. So uh, definitely uh, a lot of a lot of demand for guns and ammo. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. What do you think? When do you think it's going to get better? Do you think that it's going to continue to be like this until elections? Or do you think that it's even going to take some time to replenish even after elections? Yeah, I think it will take well into the next year after the elections uh, because shortages breed more shortages. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no increased demand for toilet paper. It's just somebody noticed that their store was low or out. And then everyone thought, I'm not going to be the guy with none. And so uh, people snatch it up even more so than what they need, even more so than what they do normally. Uh, and you add, you layer that on top of the people that just Actually decided it. To, yeah, they needed it, decided <laughs> to get armed. 
And so I think it's until that industry, you know, levels out, which I think the industry is cautious to do because we saw what happened with the last election Mm -hmm. where they made way too much inventory. Yeah. Uh, All the major brands manufactured way more than they needed. And then they got caught holding the bag and and it's very expensive to sit on inventory. And so they're just not going to do it this time. They're not going to overcompensate because they saw how hard it was and a lot of retailers went out of business during the Trump slump. And I don't think they're going to do that. So it's just going to be a matter of normal production. And it's going to take a long time to catch up with the still increase in demand. Yeah. Well, and not to mention COVID with the whole stay at home order. I'm sure that didn't help with production either. So not only are they not increasing production, but they also lost a few months due to COVID. So it's kind of crazy. All right. Let's talk about the gun show. And Logan, I want to hear from you. Logan, you still there? You with me? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Uh, uh, <laughs> wiping his. I'm like, guys, who is sitting on recovering. Logan? <laughs> I feel like Logan's the bottom, and you can't breathe because you guys are sitting on him. <laughs> He's still got a pulse. I'm always the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> You're the catcher. Whoa. Anyway, um, what do you want to know about the gun? The gun shop show. Tell me what it is. Oh. Uh, it's pretty much just a group of guys, me, Eli and Trevor, we get together and we, uh, talk gun stuff. Uh, we talk about the shop, any, anything interesting happening in the news, gun related, uh, and the such new firearms we get in stuff of that nature, really, um, kind of start a dialogue, get a conversation going with us and the, and the viewers and Mm -hmm. let people know stuff going on in in the industry. And what made you guys decide to start this? We have been asked by our local radio station to host a show for the last few years. And we always put it off and finally decided that really the thing that makes our customers resonate with us and want to be our customers is when we storytell and we bring them inside of the shop. So that's why we do the show from literally from the sales floor. That's why you hear the phone ringing in the background because people are calling you know, trying to buy stuff from us. <laughs> and, um, and then also we, we kind of saw a, what I feel like is a void in the gun content uh, arena. And we wanted to fill that. Okay. And what do you think that that is? Teleportation. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Teleportation is uh, something that we've made a breakthrough on and we'll get back to that, but okay, yeah, we'll circle you back. know, one of the things I think is a mistake in the gun industry is it can be kind of an echo chamber. Like it's all the content is made for the most hardcore gun users by people that take themselves too seriously. I agree. And it's a turnoff to people who, you know, there's a ton of people out there. That, yeah. My grandpa always had a gun. I have a couple guns and I believe in it and like, I really believe in it hardcore, but it's not my whole identity. I don't have, you know, a tattoo of Glock on my shoulder. I'm not obsessed day to day with specs and, you know, all of that stuff. So we wanted to make a program one that was entertaining and funny because we just, that's in our nature. And also that, um, anyone can enjoy whether you're hardcore into guns and you want to know all that very specific stuff, or you just know this is something that you resonate with. And and so that's why we, we created it. And it has proven uh, so far to really bring in a wide variety of people that enjoy it. 
So, so far you took my business model and then you went <laughs> off and you created your own. Uh, actually, <laughs> not exactly, but, but it is what attracted uh-huh. us to you. I went to the podcast players and I typed in guns and I listened over and over. And it was just like I described with the exception of yours. You know, the name jumped out to me immediately and I wanted to give yours a chance. And it proved to be exactly what, what you described, which is why we liked you. And we, we appreciated you coming on the gun shop show and are very appreciative uh, to be on your show today because we like it so much. No, We'd uh, also like to have Gertrude on at some point. <laughs> I know, right? We need to bring her back. <laughs> she typically lately, she only comes out when I'm super trash, which is like every other day. <laughs> so she's so like, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She's your doctor or Mr. Hyde. <laughs> so I'm basically home alone drinking. You know, I have tickles with me. And then I'm like, tickles, come on, get mommy another beer. And then I'm like, ha ha, I start laughing. And I look around, I'm like, oh, nobody's laughing with me. Dang, this It doesn't uh, matter. The joke can be just for you and it's still worth doing. Exactly. It does. You got to make yourself laugh first. Oh my God. That's exactly how I go throughout life. As long as it'll be the most awkward thing. I'll be with like super professional people and I just say something mostly because I'm bored and I want to (laughs) entertain myself. And then I'm like, okay. And then it's even funnier because I'm like, well, that didn't go over well. Nobody else right. laughed, but I laughed. And then I laugh even harder and I look like a crazy person, but that whatever. I tell people that all the time whenever they say, that wasn't funny. I said, you know what? It wasn't for you. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, you don't have that sense of humor. Yeah. How long has the gun shop show been around? Uh, we, uh, what, no, four or five months now? We are in week 22. 22. Yep. Dang. Uh, we're on two radio stations uh, in our local area. So Joplin, Missouri is uh, the closest kind of metro area that we're on there. And we're on in Springfield, Missouri. And then we're also on TV because we do video of our show, too. So we can show off guns and that sort of thing. And we're on our local ABC channel on Sunday afternoons. Nice. Yeah, you guys do really good with the whole editing. I'm guessing that's Trevor's part. But mm-hmm. it's fun to even just watch. You guys are really entertaining and I like the format of everything. So that's Thank pretty you. cool. Yeah. Thank you. Meanwhile, I'm over here just on iTunes and iHeartRadio. I thought when I got approved by iHeartRadio, it was the biggest thing ever. And, you know, <laughs> and you guys are four months in. You're like, yeah, we're on TV shows <laughs> and radio shows. <laughs> no big deal. Yeah, we don't, uh, we don't 100% anything. We 110%. Uh, apparently. You know, what's funny, though, is uh, after we did it and it, it kind of clicked with people, I just was feeling froggy one day and I called the TV station and I was like, it put me in touch with the boss. And they did. They, like, they put patch me straight through to his office. I was like, look here, I got something that needs to be on your station. And he's like, OK, OK. And like <laughs> made some notes. <laughs> and, and then he called me back like like two days later. And he's like, we found a time slot for you. <laughs> and, like, what? And I was like. You watch the show, right? Like, yeah. you, know, you know, you know, we have a teleporter potty that we climb in and teleport to other dimensions and other locations, right? And he's like, "Yeah, that's why we want it." And then uh, it worked. So never hesitate to go for something, even if you think it's far fetched. Oh, that's true because you guys are patrons of my show, so you're in the Patreon group, and I'm assuming you guys saw I had an announcement. I haven't made the announcement public yet, but I did sign a very big company to be a sponsor, which I'll be announcing in the next couple of shows. But it just goes to show that, hey, 
as they say, aim for the stars and or aim for the moon. Maybe you'll catch a star. I forget exactly, but that's what I did. And I actually caught what I aimed for. And I was pretty proud of myself. So yeah, you're right. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations. Can we get a hint as to what the company is? Oh, so you guys didn't maybe off the show? You guys didn't. Well, Logan's not he's not in the group. I'm not in the group. Oh, Logan, why? Sorry. Dang. Well, because money. (laughs) Okay, you know what, Logan? If you want guns. Yeah. Logan, look, I'll make a charity cause. (laughs) Okay, get him a Patreon. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead and start that. Logan, you know your OnlyFans account will pay for this. Yeah. Seriously, just post more feet pics. Mm hmm. You'll yeah. get enough. I started at the feet and Her- I'm slowly working my way up to the knees. <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> <got there> <laughs> Ava's Patreon is affordable enough and you get enough value out of it that you should do it. I'm just going to let him in. Okay. I'll let him in. Ooh. Everyone has to be. Honorary. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Don't, don't tell everybody. Don't let him everybody. live it down. Don't let him live it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You I don't want to let anyone. that cat out of the bag. Yeah. <laughs> just keep it a secret, all right? Um, Between you and me. Yeah, <laughs> don't put this on a podcast either. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> no, we don't need everyone knowing. Oh, dang it. We're still recording. Uh-oh. All right, change the subject. Change the subject. Do you guys, I'm kind of interested, do you think that talk shows and podcasts are the new tramp stamp? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I didn't see that leave. twist coming. I didn't yeah. either. Everybody's got one. We saw the announcement recently that there are now a million podcasts. Wow. Which mean, I mean, this is a rough designation, but I'm thinking... If you assume most of those are in the United States, which is probably a bold assumption, but there's 300 million-ish people. So mm-hmm. if you're in a room, you're not that special. One, right? in 300, one in 300 of those people have their own podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I've talked to so many people. There's Well, for one, there's a lot of people that they're like, oh, I like to talk and I, I really enjoy this hobby. I'm going to have a podcast. And I'm like, haha, good luck. So before I go <laughs> into that. a lot that, of work. Yes. I was just going to say, so have you found... It would be difficult to do this. So I will say, for me, it's a direct split down the middle. On one hand, uh, with the way we've been able to generate sponsorship dollars, it has blown me away. And there's days when you ask these guys, I'm like, this almost feels too easy. Mm-hmm. So on that hand, is in terms of it turning into a real business and making money way sooner than I thought, uh, it's easier than I thought. But mm-hmm. on the other hand, it has consumed my life and i've had to restructure the way that uh the roles are here at liberty tree guns because it takes up so much of my time um and i had to build my whole life around producing the show which i'm okay with but it's not something you just turn on a microphone and hit record and make something that people not only want to watch but is good enough that sponsors want to pay money to be affiliated with it like Mm-hmm. And, and I wanted to say that about your show and, and your achievement with a new big sponsor. Anytime that you're doubting yourself, and I'm just going to tell you this from a from a third party perspective, I didn't know you before I discovered your podcast, what you've been able to accomplish puts you in a very small minority of people. Yeah, a lot of people have made a podcast and submitted it to the players, but a lot of people haven't been able to do it professionally. And even I'm sure... There are a lot of days where you realize how much work you're putting in, but the fact that you get to make a living, at least in part, by talking about something that you love, like that's awesome. You mm-hmm. should be very proud of that. Thank you. Actually, it's funny you kind of mentioned that because right before we started the show, I got a phone call and there was this lady who she was asking about training. She's coming from Florida and she wants to train with me. And she was like, am I talking to Ava? And I was like, yeah. And she was like, oh my gosh. 
I am so honored. I saw you on Colian Noir's show and you owned that. And thank you for representing women so well. And meanwhile, I felt like I did a horrible job on the show, but <laughs> I've received so many good compliments about that. And so many people will message me and just say, like, hey, just want to let you know, I think you're a total badass. And this is from men and female. And then there's other days where you totally doubt yourself. You have emotional days. Maybe because I'm a female, I have more emotional days than most guys. I have Who knows? Emotional days too. <laughs> yeah, we know, Trevor. <laughs> well, I had one of these days yesterday. And so Colian is a pretty good friend of mine. And I reached out to him and I was crying. And he's like, All right, what happened? And then I was like, you know, I just think it's weird that so many people will message me and be like, Wow, you're amazing. You know, you're so just a badass. And here I am on the floor crying. And he's like, yeah, but you're human. Everyone, I think self-doubt and it doesn't matter where you are in life. You are going to have self-doubt at some point. You're going to have good days. and You're going to have bad days. Absolutely. Even some of the most, you know, famous people in the world can't handle it and tear themselves apart. I go through the same thing. You know, I get accolades for the work that I do. And, you know, five minutes later, I'm like, I'm terrible. Right. You know, beat myself up. up. Yeah. Yeah. I think one thing that can help is just have context, you know, like it's especially when you look at other content creators and you might see somebody with a gajillion subscribers or followers and you feel like constantly, well, until I get there, it's not good enough. And you still always want to aim for that. But at the end of the day, if anybody paid you money because of something you made, that puts you ahead of most people. So you got to look at, look at that like, You know, I've been making the comparison lately. If you make it into professional sports and you never get put in the game, like you sit on the bench, you ride around on the bus. We look at those guys and we're like, ah, that guy sucks. (laughs) But he's better than 99.9% of human beings on the planet. And for him to even have a seat at the table Mm -hmm. is impressive. Yeah. And I think that that's also a lot of people don't realize, but podcast getting sponsorships is extremely difficult. and. I would say, I think it's safe to say that 90% of the podcasts out there are not sponsored. Oh, so I it's, would bet. So. You know, yeah. And then most of them don't really make it past 20 shows. People realize how much work it is. Yeah, and it, it's, can be, it can be a lot of work. I mean, it can be simple too. It just depends on what your goal is. But for us, okay, like, well, not all of simple us is have, not good enough. Not all of us have somebody like Trevor to help with <laughs> all of that. Well, with technology, they've made it almost as easy <laughs> as just turning on your phone. But for us, you know, like I said, that's not good enough. We're going to take exactly. it to the next level. We're, gonna, we're not going to have six cameras. We're going to have 12 cameras. Well, Bam. Trevor gets all the credit for how well he does at that i get a little bit of credit for saying hey i want you to come work for me (laughs) recognizing that good job good job we're a team and we do that all together and we all play our parts and together we make a pretty awesome team yeah that's good that's good i just want to tell you uh you know in the in the words of jordan peterson if you know who that is don't compare yourself to other people compare yourself to the person you were yesterday yeah and i think that's a great saying You can only just be better than you were before. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Let's talk about guns for a second. So what are some (laughs) of your guys' favorite guns? And I know I hate when people ask me that because I'm just, I don't know, what category, what caliber, what what are we doing with them? (laughs) I've got a pretty simple answer. Okay, let's go. Uh, The one I own. The the one that I painted. The one that I painted on that mural. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. The oil. So what is it? The P365 you said? Yeah, that's that's what I uh, that's what I've been uh, using lately. And so far, so good. Yeah, I think it's a good one. I think they worked out all the kinks and it's a legit gun now. Mm -hmm. 
What about you guys? Logan? Um, currently, probably uh, the mini fix by Q. Oh, look at you flexing on yeah. the pores. Yeah, he's fancy. <laughs> he's wearing a he's I'm literally wearing, wearing the, a Q shirt right yeah, now. The fix has a fix on. He it. looks totally Q in that shirt. By Super the way. cute. <laughs> I actually have like twenty of the Q shirts. And oh, pass them my way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean we you might be the same, the same size. size. Yeah, yeah probably are. <laughs> but it just—I always feel weird walking around with a big Q, like the number Q on my shirt, because people are like, "What the hell?" You know, unless right. you're in the industry, you don't know it. So I typically don't wear that shirt. Fair enough. Raises more questions. Yeah, I don't need people coming up to me and thinking that I want to start conversation. Yeah. All right. Well, you should just get a series of shirts. Get an L shirt, a T yeah. shirt, LBTG, and then just wear Q on the last day. Yeah. Yes. You're there right. There you go. Eli, what about you? You know, I cut my teeth on Glocks as a cop. And so uh, I'm just really like comfortable with Glocks. But I also recognize, I've been saying this lately, which people may agree or disagree, but I think it's the beginning of the end for Glock as a dominant top tier brand mm-hmm. i don't feel like they're innovating enough yeah and uh you know i think one of the things is a sign of that is when you hire the guy who famously one is a joke of himself and two uh doesn't even use a gun in most of his movies <laughs> um chuck norris to be your spokesman like you're a little out of touch with um branding and marketing so. at least with the future of firearm owners <laughs> but yeah. have you seen the gluger Oh yeah, we were just, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> uh, someone photoshopped the the top of a Luger onto a Glock frame and called it the Gluger. Oh gosh, <laughs> uh, I'm totally into it. Yeah, I mean, if they put out the Gluger, maybe I should. Retract you hear my that face. Glock? <laughs> All right, cool. Well, I've always been a Glock fan, but I can totally understand what you're saying. And there is a lot of innovation and a lot of great, even companies that have been around. I think they're getting less fuddy. You know, some of the older companies, I think, are kind of still on that same old approach where there's Mm -hmm. a lot of newer companies that are just a lot more aware of their audience and that they need to attract new people or a younger generation, stuff like that. So I can understand exactly what you're saying. Yeah, just seeing it as a retailer and, and having your finger on the pulse of what people are coming in and asking for. Just five years ago when we got started, like Glock was on this pedestal as it was a name that even non-gun people knew mm-hmm. and it was kind of like the standard which other things were measured against mm-hmm. and people now uh when they say well i'm looking for a full-size handgun and, and you reach for the glock to set it on the on top of the case they're like eh. and they a <laughs> yeah. lot of them will shake it off and they're, they they want to look at sig or they want to look at cz and uh, so it's interesting um you know and then even things like Sentry with the Canic line of pistols. Mm-hmm. Um, hard to deny. There's a lot of value for the money there. So uh, I think there's a lot of things stacking up to give Glock a run for its money. I say that as a guy with a Glock in his holster right now and Glock's at home for home defense. Obviously, they've proven their value in terms of their performance. But I just as an industry person, uh, I think that in 10 years, people won't talk about Glock with the same uh, sort of reverence that they have up until now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can definitely understand that. What do you guys have planned for the future? Interesting uh, big thing for us coming up is we're moving our store. Uh, we're moving it to a downtown area. My wife and I own several historic buildings. Yeah, your listeners could just Google real quick uh, the Jasper County Courthouse in Missouri. We have this little bitty town, but we have this epic building. 
and really cool downtown area. And we've decided to transplant our store there and help grow uh, sort of our downtown area as a attraction for our town. And so we're investing in that. So there'll be some, a lot of physical work in getting that moved. Um, but also during that transition, we're looking at the future of our company from this content creation standpoint of being able to scale. You know, we can only serve so many customers with a brick and mortar mm-hmm. retail store in a small town, but we're reaching people in all 50 states now with our show and we're finding ways to provide them enough value that we can monetize that and make it part of the way that we make a living. And so now we're designing the store with that in mind. Wow. That's really cool. So you guys are moving into an old courthouse building or is it by the courthouse? It's by, it's on the same, uh, it's like the town square. Um, and, and the courthouse is like this giant castle. It's like four times bigger than all the other buildings around there. Um, but it's the second most, uh, people always say this, I assume that it's based on some kind of data, but it's the second most photographed structure in Mm -hmm. Missouri next to the arch. Um, and when, when people look it up and see, it's like really, really pretty impressive. And so, um, our downtown can kind of leverage that landmark and, and kind of have a Branson feel, uh, mm-hmm. if you know what that is. And, mm-hmm. um, and so we're, we want to bring that spark to the downtown area. Nice. And the new building has a ton of character too. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Especially if it's Round historic. Windows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's got the wood floors and we're keeping those. So, you know, when you walk in, it's going to have the exposed brick walls and the oh, nice. little bit of creek in the wood floors and big yeah. tall tin ceilings and oh i'm jealous maybe i can come work for you guys yeah you should come uh visit sometime yeah we're not well no (laughs) yeah yeah you should come visit i didn't say visit i said work i said like sell my house tomorrow and move there oh we could uh we could actually teleport you here in our teleport potty. <laughs> well, the problem is, is I don't go into porter potties, so we have a problem. Oh, yeah, it's even, not just a porter potty. See, not, I never thought that would be a problem. Yeah, I mean, it only faintly smells like poo. Yeah, but, but yeah, I will it, legit. I won't go to a porter potty. I'd rather get a UTI than go into a porter potty. <laughs> <laughs> even Fair enough. even if you can teleport. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sorry. We typically dump it before we tell it. Oh, okay. Okay, well, why did you just say that in the beginning? Yeah, we tip it over and then uh, we use it. Oh, funny. (laughs) All right. (laughs) So tell listeners where they can find your gun shop as well as your show. So uh, we'll start with the shop, libertytreeguns.com. It's an e-commerce site and they can learn a little bit about our store there too. We got 50,000 products. We shipped to all 50 states. Um, the show, however, uh, can be found, Trevor, at thegunshopshow.com. So that's a newer website that Trevor's done an excellent job on. Um, at, in fact, uh, Ava, we drew some inspiration from your website because I really like it. And uh, From the Gun Funny one? Yeah. yeah. Oh, um, just, just clean and it delivers your product in a really effective way so we uh you know haven't haven't spent time checking out your show and talking about it and uh looking at some of the things you've done successfully we said we want to make the gunshopshow.com really in the same way just i want to be able to get the show right as a listener i don't want all this stuff to wade through i want to be able to play it right on my phone or i want to link to my favorite player and you've done that really good so 
uh, thanks for letting us borrow some of that inspiration. Yeah, whether it was by choice or not, but that's cool. No. <laughs> I'm kidding. You inspired us, Ada. <laughs> oh, that's so good to know. All right. You guys have time to hang out for a little bit more for the rest of the show? Yeah, sure. we're down. All right, good, because you didn't really have a choice. <laughs> All right, moving forward. Yeah, you know, I just figured I'd pretend to be polite. (laughs) IWI, you guys are probably familiar with their products. Hopefully, you stock their products because I don't think you'd be a legit gun store if you didn't. But the IWI Masada pistol, definitely becoming one of my favorites. I switched out the sights on there. I can pop a red dot on there. I haven't yet, but red dots are all the rage now. And I finally just got a holster for it because that's the only thing is sometimes these holster companies, they only make it for the most popular models or if a gun just comes out, it's really hard to get a holster for it. But Weber Tactical hooked me up with a holster for the Masada pistol. And now I just need to get a few extra magazines, but I'm going to make it my official range gun and home defense. It's been my home defense gun, but I could bring it on the range a lot more now that I have this holster. Also, guys, if you're wanting additional magazines, I was on their website. They're on sale for $29.99, but you can use that code GUNFUNNY15 and get 15% off that cost. And that is at IWI.us. IWI makes good stuff. Oh, yeah, they do. Definitely. All right. Political AF. Politics. What is going on in the world today? Hawaiian Firearms Coalition files a lawsuit over magazine law. So just very similar to what happened in California regarding their magazine limits is now happening in Hawaii. And the Hawaiian Firearms Coalition filed a lawsuit against their state's magazine limit of 10 rounds. And the lawsuit alleged that Hawaii's ban on handgun magazines with a capacity greater than 10 rounds is unconstitutional. Currently, any Hawaiian found in possession or using magazines larger than 10 rounds would be charged with a Class C felony, which is ridiculous because here in Colorado, if nobody's been charged with it, unless they've been charged with a bunch of other things and then they just add on, oh, by the way, he had a large capacity magazine. But it's hard to even say whether they owned it previously or not because they're not serialized. But before this law came into effect, which was July 1st of 2013, you were grandfathered into owning it. So it's kind of ridiculous that if you're in possession or using a magazine that's larger than 10 rounds, it would be a Class C felony. Applying the same logical steps used by the Ninth Circuit Court in the Duncan case, Hawaiian's law is likely to be found unconstitutional. So in other words, this is a continuation of the fight that led the Ninth Circuit's decision, just one that specifically targets Hawaiian's law. Since the Ninth Circuit has already ruled on this, the lower courts have clear guidance on this and should rule accordingly. Hawaii is well known to be the most anti-gun region in the country, which I actually didn't realize that they were so anti-gun. But I've never we actually been had a there. customer. We have uh, a couple customers in the yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, and regulars. He, he uh, bought up every Mosin Nagant that we got in stock and, for a while. And SKS. Yeah, yeah. And he would constantly go on about this sort of thing every time I talked to him. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy. And I've heard this before, but just growing up, you always just think, oh, the most anti-gun state is probably California or mm-hmm. Massachusetts. But anyway, so we'll see what happens with this. But the issue will have to be taken up by the Supreme Court and settle the issue for all states. But I don't know. I'm definitely rooting for them. And like I said in the last show that what's going on with California, I hope that it kind of sets the precedent for all other states that have 
mm-hmm. similar regulations. Mm-hmm. If you can imagine Logan with a 30 round magazine, like holding it above a box okay. while we watch the news. Break. Okay, stop right there. I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> No. <laughs> all right. While well, you guys all watch the news, sorry, I just had to put that in there. <laughs> um, you know, because we get the green light from FFL attorneys, like, okay, you can ship to California, and then we start doing it, and then uh, they're like, wait a minute, this might be up in the air again, so we stop <laughs> stop shipping in California. No. Yeah, just we have like a little light that goes on and off in here that tells us whether or not we can. It's like Simon says, like we <laughs> ship some magazines to California, and they're like, Simon didn't say, and <laughs> we did it anyway. It's, so. It surprises me, and I I may I know it's just my naive night naiveness, however you say naivete. 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 Uh, that like in Missouri, if you're in California and you buy a magazine from us that is against the law in California, that we would have to abide by their rules. Like we can ship it there, can't we? Why do we have to abide by those it's rules? Tough. Mm-hmm. It's tough because I've always thought that like it's you're the one responsible for complying with your right. state laws. But, you know, just not so much from a criminal aspect, like some kind of California law enforcement is going to call us up. It would be more from like civil liability, yeah. possibly if someone say we're supplying, you know, getting sued because we're supplying somebody with something that ultimately becomes a criminal act. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I mean, uh, Glock shouldn't have an issue with uh, this Hawaii thing, right? They've Why? got this new optics ready firearm that's a 10 round <laughs> magazine capacity. Yeah. Aren't they notorious for, for uh, not having many rounds in their mags? Well, lately, I mean, before that wasn't an issue, but yeah, it's kind of hard to make the argument for a Glock 43 with seven rounds. Oh, I know. Well, the 48, there is a company that just came out with a new base plate and it'll hold, I think, I don't know, maybe 10 or 11 rounds or something like that. It'll, it adds quite a few rounds to it. Then there's a shield arms, um, aftermarket mag that holds 15, I think. Flush fit 15. Flush fit 15. And it's like, if they can do it, where you at Glock? Right. (laughs) You know? So that's for the Smith and Wesson shield. No, no. Uh, Shield Arms is the name of the company. Uh-huh. Uh, and they make a metal magazine to fit a Glock 48 that holds 15 oh, rounds gotcha. flush fit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and and we're just thinking if they can do it, and obviously the demand is there, a company wouldn't justify all the tooling to make a magazine right. mm-hmm. that fit a different company's gun. Uh, it's just like Glock seems a little out of touch yeah. Yeah. with the demand and where customer trends are going. Yeah, no, I agree. And I always tell my students all the time, honestly, get the gun that holds the most rounds. And that's why right now the Hellcat, the Springfield Hellcat and the Sig P365, those are the two most in-demand concealed carry guns because they're the same size as all these other guns like the Glock 43, and yet they hold almost double the amount of rounds. That's what drew me to it. Yeah. Was the capacity. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Also, uh, I think it goes without saying that mag bans are uh, just discriminating against law-abiding citizens. Oh, absolutely. Unfortunately. Mm -hmm. I think uh, any of these laws, all of these laws, the only people they're affecting are law-abiding citizens. It's not affecting any criminals. We can still make whatever we want. Laws are literally just, the only people that are going to follow it are the law-abiding citizens, which is you and I. So Counterproductive. You know, uh, I wanted to back up real quick, Ava, and mention that Three years ago, I went out to Colorado and actually filmed everything to make a vlog episode about Colorado's uh, 15-round magazine ban. Mm -hmm. 
I never even ended up editing it together and putting it out, but um, I went to the site of the Magpul factory that left after the ban was put in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, all, uh, which is near Boulder, I think. And then. I don't know if they have one in Boulder, but it's in Wyoming. Well, see, it used to be in Boulder until, until Colorado passed that. And then it packed up and moved, which is all part of the story that I was going to tell. But mm-hmm. one interesting thing is, is I talked to, first of all, one, another interesting thing is none of the gun stores in Colorado would talk to me, even though I told them that I'm an FFL holder and this is like pro gun content would not talk to me. Uh, so you must have media that's not super friendly in some parts of Colorado to gun, uh, gun shop owners because they were scared to death of talking to somebody with a camera. And then secondly, I asked a, a sheriff's deputy about the ban and he's like, well, I can't tell you that it's okay to have one. And I'm like, well, I wasn't asking you to. I was asking <laughs> you to tell me about this ban. He goes, well, let me tell you this. I've worked here for seven years. And I've never arrested anyone for that. So it was his way of saying like most agencies are not enforcing that mm-hmm. unless, like you said, unless they're like got caught with meth and second degree assault and all these things. Like sometimes they'll tack it on there. But I don't think for the average dude on the way back from the range is getting cuffed up on having a 30 round mag in Colorado, at least. Mm-hmm. Unless he's got that meth on him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Which is such a huge thing here in Colorado. Uh, I actually don't judge me, but I've made really good friends with an ATF agent. Well, his wife, I work out with her. Last night I went over there for dinner and he's super cool. And I honestly think a lot of ATF agents are pro-gun. Some I'm sure in some states aren't, but but we were talking about the whole mag capacity thing and that it's like nobody's enforcing it. Nobody even freaking cares. Some of these laws are just, they're not enforceable until they start serializing magazines. Who's to say where I bought it from, how I got it, if I owned it beforehand, if I'm grandfathered into owning it? Yeah, I saw I saw um, bags of pieces of 30-round mags. Yeah, well, that's the what shelf. they were doing three years ago. Now they're literally just selling the complete magazine. Yeah, you could tell they weren't too worried about it, which is, you know, why even have that on the books? But Yeah, I know. So Lawmakers got to make laws, man. Apparently. Lawmakers going to make. Yep. Sharps Bros. Are you guys familiar with Sharps Bros? I'm not. No. You probably are. So they're the lowers that have the skull or the the hog. On the grip area. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're machined out with, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, actually, yes. Yeah. That's the thing is I feel like a lot of people, they've seen it. Unless you live under a rock, you've seen it, but you're just, oh, I didn't know Sharps Bros. They were the ones that made it. But they I've also definitely been living under a rock. Yeah, <laughs> I well, looked at them. <laughs> you guys are obviously in a little town and whatever, yeah, <laughs> little baby town. Yeah, so we're not judging. But <laughs> but they also have. If you guys are looking into making a PCC, they do have the jack that's available, and obviously you can convert that into a nine, a forty, three fifty seven. All of those work really well. Definitely check that out. And right now, I was actually on Rainier Arms website. They're available for. $277.45. And if you want to just check out all the other things that Sharps Bros has, visit sharpsbros.com. I'm now, there right now checking it out. I think we actually may have ordered some. We, we have had them. And, and I, because we get them through distribution, mm-hmm. you know, we just look at what they are and we know they'll sell. But uh, that helps with the brand recognition for mm-hmm. David. 
Ava to be telling me get get my stuff together and figure <laughs> out who, who it is that makes those cool looking lowers. Yeah, I do think that it's because who was the it was the company that always had their stuff. You talking wholesalers or uh, retail? Retail. They did a really good job. This is Sharps Bros. Initially, they also made the unicorn lower. Oh, Spikes Tactical. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of people just think that Spikes Tactical is the one that makes these, but it's actually Sharps Bros. That, oh yeah. See, that's what that's I would have yeah made that mistake because I do associate that with spikes mm-hmm. yeah they're so. very cool looking I, I do wonder about the integrity though with all the so it's all cut out it's all um a billet it's mm-hmm. all one solid piece and it's be really strong yeah. yeah i have not seen any malfunctions with it whatsoever so that's always good because yeah you kind of wonder but i think if anything it probably has extra some extra parts it's probably a little bit more more material oh, they, yeah. they have to at least start with more material it's probably just a stronger stronger yeah. Mm-hmm. And need to make some Mario Brothers looking ones or something. Yeah, that would be so cool. <laughs> All right, now it's time for Q&A. Q&A. There's no such thing as a stupid question. Just kidding. Visit gunfunny.com forward slash contact to submit yours. Today's question is, what has been your proudest moment since becoming a firearms instructor? Eli, I'm going to let you go first since you're a firearms instructor. My hottest moment. Uh, I got a phone call from a student who had an encounter when she was away at college. And one of the things that I try to do in setting people down a path to be thinking about their personal defense is really to understand that the easiest thing they can train is their mind and their habits ahead of time, even before they've ever pulled a trigger on the range. And also to encourage them not to limit, even though I'm here to teach you how to use a gun and teach you how to use it effectively and without hesitation if you're justified. I don't want you to think that's the end-all, be-all to self-defense. That should take a comprehensive approach, that anything at your disposal that will let you win the battle is something you should embrace and you should think about daily. And she had an incident where she was at a stoplight, had her window down, summer night, and Uh, a man walked up to the open window on her car and grabbed her by the hair and was trying to pull her out of the car. So he had the door partially open, had a hold of her hair, and she was reaching for her handgun, which is in the center console area. And she said time kind of slowed down and she was inches from grabbing her handgun. And she thought, if I don't, if I can't reach this, this is it possibly for me. But she said she remembered from class that doesn't matter what the fallout is, you win, you go home to your family. So she quit reaching for her gun, cranked her steering wheel all the way to the right, slammed on the gas, (laughs) drove over the sidewalk, went through a bank, the lawn in front of a bank, tore up part of their landscaping, But in the process, she knocked the guy free from her car, actually hurt him bad enough that the police were able to find him. And she told me that if she hadn't taken the class, even though it wasn't the gun that saved her life, it was the mentality that you can win and not to give up and not to even let her gun. I think that's a mistake as as gun instructors is, yes, a gun is a, a great equalizer and a great tool. But if all you ever think about and all you ever work on is 
that one type of force and one type of deadly force, you might become so dependent on it. And she said she remembered that and she decided to use what was at her disposal. And uh, she was basically uninjured and, and didn't get any trouble for the damage that she did <laughs> to the bank parking lot because it was an emergency measure <laughs> that was necessary in order to defend herself. And so that was a really, a really proud moment that not only that happened, but she called me back to tell me the story. It was an emotional story to have to tell, but that definitely was a proud moment for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's actually really great advice because I think, especially as an instructor, we get so fixated on teaching students how to use the gun and that that's the only thing that you can use as opposed to other things that are around you and just to make sure that you're going to get out alive. So even if you're not using the gun. Yeah. And I think another side effect of only, you know, getting too narrow on the use of the gun is it also can make you default to deadly force when you're not quite justified. Mm Mm-hmm. Because that's all you ever practice. You, yeah. pr- you practice delivering deadly force. You think about delivering deadly force. You talk about how effective it is. Um, but if you don't talk about other types of force that are at your disposal, if you don't think about situational awareness to help you avoid uh, being in a situation that you would even need to use deadly force, if you don't talk about that and build that into your habits and your routines, that you might default to deadly force when you actually either had other options or maybe, um, heaven forbid, aren't going to be found justified and Mm -hmm. possibly be charged with a crime. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's actually a really good point. My proudest moment is, I don't really know, but I do remember when I became certified as an NRA pistol instructor, and then I went on to getting other credentials, but it was... I just remember finding out I passed the class and then I went home and I remember talking to my sister and I was crying because one, I wish that my mom was there because she wouldn't have believed it. But it just seemed like something that was just so, I don't know, I don't want to say out of my league or not part of my future. Obviously, anything you put your mind to, you're capable of doing, but it just seemed like just something that was just so unexpected. And then to become a firearms instructor and to actually pass the class when, gosh, I think between you and I, well, not between you and I, I mean, obviously this is on a podcast, but I only shot a gun three times before I took the NRA class and passed everything, including the shooting requirement. And I was just really good at shooting accurately, but looking back, that was a very proud moment, but man, did I, I had no idea the journey ahead of me. And even what I thought I knew then and what I know now, I look back and I'm like, I really didn't know anything. But it was a very proud moment. And I just remember thinking, man, I wish my mom was here and she'd be just, she'd be happy, but I think she'd be more, I don't know, just almost speechless because of, you know. I'm sure. Yeah. And that is impressive for you to um, accomplish that. I've found for me as an instructor, female students are naturally good shooters. I mean, that's a generalization, mm-hmm. but I think part of it is because they actually listen. Yeah. Where men think that they know everything and then they don't listen to the fundamentals of shooting. So they're going overconfident. Mm-hmm. But, you know, another thing that I think is great, I don't want to like make it all about gender and use that in any way to, to diminish or, um, you know, put any sort of asterisk on what you've accomplished as an instructor. 
but I think it's a great asset to your students because even though I set out to accommodate female students to make them feel comfortable. In fact, if I have a couple come into my class and the guy is like an overbearing type mm -hmm. or belittles, I'll separate them. That's I what I do too. <laughs> yeah, I won't <laughs> let them sit together. I won't let them shoot together. And that's not the majority of cases. But even with all of that, in fact, I try to build a reputation of being accommodating to uh, female shooters that are less confident that in some cases they're small stature. So mm -hmm. they have some challenges, you know, with shooting from that anyway, even with all of that, they are cautious because they, uh, and, and they would feel more comfortable with a female instructor. And I just haven't had a, a, a way to offer that through our company. And I can imagine that that's a great thing for your students to be able to come in and get a woman's perspective and, and help them feel like if you can do it and, and not only do it for yourself, but do it so well that you're a professional instructor, they can certainly, um, you know, pass the class and that's got to make them, uh, got to give them a boost. I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. So yeah, I don't have one of those. Well, you know, a student called me and they had to use their gun and it's because of what I taught them. And that was so long ago. And I've had a lot of other proud moments since then. And, and I do really enjoy what I do. And then it is kind of nice just to empower people, not just women, but, you know, just give people that extra boost and confidence that they have control over their own safety. So that's been really rewarding. I have a question for you on that topic. Mm -hmm. Do you ever have the struggle of having men like try to not take you serious or, you know, not respect your role as the instructor in, in class? Not really, because they typically know what they're signing up for. So they know that there's going to be a female instructor. But if anybody comes in kind of has that attitude, I'll put them in their place pretty quickly. Or initially, when I start class, I have everyone introduce themselves, tell me how much experience they have, just kind of so I know what I'm working with. And you'll have the guys that are like, well, first, I went into the army. Then I did this, yeah. and this and, and you're like, all right, cool. You could have just been like, yeah, I've been shooting since 15. And so I always make a joke. I'm like, oh, okay, so you're going to be my know-it-all in class. And just like already kind of set that stage. Like I will put you in your place if you start, you know. That's smart. But yeah. most of them are very respectful. The only instances where I wasn't respected or they just didn't take me seriously is if I've gone to like a gun store or even at shooting events and stuff where if they didn't know of me and they're just like, all right, like you got to be really careful. These are the rules, you know, and you're just like, okay. And then next thing you know, you're just like, boom, 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 all bullseyes. And they're like, oh, wow, where'd you learn how to shoot like that? But you yeah. Just tell them it's your first time. I know. I've been wanting to make a funny YouTube video of doing that where I don't know what I'm doing. And then maybe guys around the range come and help because they always love to do that. And I used to hate that. But yeah. it'd be funny if I was shooting really bad and then they gave me a few tips and then I was shooting really accurately. <laughs> yeah, that, pretty that would be great. I've seen some videos where a guy puts on like an old man. Um, he, he makes himself with makeup and everything uh -huh. look like an elderly man. And he goes out on the basketball court and they throw him the ball and he like does a couple dribbles with both hands, like uncoordinated. Yeah. <laughs> And then he just like crosses him over and dunks on him. <laughs> and they're super hilarious because it's that whole expectation of one thing and then mm -hmm. misdirection. I think a shooting video like that, you could go in and like really play up. I know. Uh, you know, you could act totally clueless. Yeah. <laughs> act like you've never shot before, maybe throw a few off. And then like yeah. all of a sudden you're like, 
you know, dead center on each one. Exactly. I just haven't like, where am I going to set up the cameras and to get good audio without them seeing? Uh, well, maybe they'll let you sh- uh, film it. Who knows? We'll, maybe, uh, maybe Gertrude could make those we'll, appearances. Yeah. We got some ideas. We'll, we'll help you. With All right. That. Good. <laughs> there we go. See, there we go. All right. Palmer 80. Are you guys um, familiar with Palmer 80? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I was like, oh my gosh, they don't know who the Sharps pros. I don't. <laughs> Here no. we go again. Here we <laughs> go. These guys again. work in the gun industry. <laughs> I'm like, all right, I don't well, know how you do it in Missouri. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of listeners already have Palmer 80s, but something a lot of listeners may not have is a precisely fit holster for their P80 pistols. And kind of going back to the whole IWI thing, the Masada pistol, anytime something's new, they don't have a holster for, which kind of sucks because you're like, well, kind of goes hand in hand. But on their website right now, they have a variety of of different Palmer 80 holsters, different colors. Pricing's pretty affordable. It starts at $58.95. But don't forget that you can use that code GUNFUNNY that gets you 15% off that cost. They also have magazines, 17 and 15 round magazines, and those are available for $23. So check that out at palmer80.com. Tactic Talk, discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Glock announced the new 43X and 48 with MOS. Smart move. (laughs) I'm like, oh, you guys aren't impressed. (laughs) Well, this is the first time in a little while Mm -hmm. that I felt like Glock was kind of on the same... Yeah, hitting the right nerves. Yeah. Hitting the right nerves. Yeah. Now it's all about the micro red dots. In fact, even my friend who's ATF, they just switched over to Smith & Wesson that's optic ready. And and he's like, I don't know. He's what do you think of it? What are your thoughts? And I think as far as concealed carry, it's kind of a pain because it's just mm-hmm. something more that you have to conceal. But they have gotten really good with making these dots much smaller. But I think it's helpful because you can get on your target so much quicker and be a lot more accurate as opposed to, okay, the minute that front sight hits your target, fire, and then worry about lining up your sights later on. So I'm a big fan of red dots. I don't really use them as much, but I would say that they definitely have their place and I could see why they're becoming so popular. Yeah, I think uh, some of the older generation, it's kind of like when Glocks came on the scene, everyone was like, well, you can catch me one of them plastic guns. <laughs> and then now all the guns are polymer and uh, that's just the industry standard. I think we're kind of seeing that now. People are like, oh, I don't trust my life, no electronics. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they go they go get in the hospital and, and their life is on the line. And what's the first thing that the medical staff does? Hook them up to a yeah. bunch of Hit electronics. Hit them with those lasers. <laughs> and, um, so one, the reliability is proven. The other thing is, it doesn't matter what your opinion is about red dots. They're just straight up faster. Mm-hmm. So like, even if you like iron sights and you think you don't need a red dot, which I probably fall into that category definitely for concealed carry. I don't know if I want that on me. But all that aside, it's just been proven that human beings can shoot faster with a red dot than they can with iron sights, no matter how, which way you slice it. Mm-hmm. A shooter can shoot better with a red dot. and so. Between that and reliability and then also just a younger generation that doesn't feel like electronics are a liability to them because they're already trusting them for so many things. Yeah. That that is going to be the trend in the industry. 
younger generations going to want that and they're going to feel comfortable counting on that even for carry purposes and then by the time you you remove even the argument that i don't want to trust the red dot because in the case of these new glocks and like the rmsc you can co-witness with the factory sites so yeah. even if you were to pull it out and your red dot doesn't come on which is already a fairly low likelihood you can still see the sites and you can still get a site picture and you can still fire so mm -hmm. um i think that we're gonna see that whether or not i would switch to one probably not today but i think as a as a person who sells things for a living i think it's a smart move and i think that they'll sell and uh it's it's nice to have glock with it product that people are going to be actually looking for. Yeah. And I think it's nice too, that you can buy that and have that option because previously when you didn't have that option, you have to send it out to a store. It's going to cost you a few hundred bucks to get it milled out. And so it also just makes it a lot more affordable and convenient. So, so red yeah. dots on pistols are a trend that I recognized. And I don't know if you've seen, we actually have our own exclusive red dot equipped handgun at Liberty Tree Guns. Oh, really? I didn't know that. So one of the things that we found is shooters will get an experience with a red dot on a pistol. And a lot of times, you know, it's like a Trigicon. So you got a five or $600 optic on a, a 600 to $1,000 pistol in some cases. Mm -hmm. And you got a very expensive setup, but they, they shoot somebody's at the range and they love it. Uh, and they had a lot of fun with it, but it's like their, but the budget is a lot higher. So what I wanted to do um, is capitalize on that trend, but keep it really affordable. So we took uh, Ruger Security 9, which is a super reliable, um, but price point uh, option in, in the double stack handgun category. And we paired it with our own optic. Uh, we have it machined. And so you get a factory package that is an optic and a pistol uh, for $4.99. And that's the... Uh, Ruger Security 9 LTO, and it's a ton of fun to shoot at the range, and you get the whole package for 500 bucks. It's wow, it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Because you're right, red dots are definitely an additional expense that isn't cheap. So that's cool that you guys offer that. Yeah, it's a good way to see if a red dot is for you. Um, and some guys like they want one, but their want is outweighed by the cost. So mm -hmm. we're we're getting that down makes a really fun home defense or range toy. You get kind of the same effect. I mean, obviously, you know, pound for pound is not going to be as nice of a setup as a, um, you know, an RMR on a, uh, say a SIG X series or something, but it's still a heck of a lot of fun. You can ring a lot of steel really fast, uh, with four, $499 worth of product. Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. Moving forward, trigger brew. Recently, I sent Iraq veteran 8888 some jerky and some coffee, and they I received an email yesterday, and they're like, we love the jerky. And Brandy said her favorite was the Korean barbecue, which seems to be a lot of people's favorite. I would highly recommend checking it out. It makes for a great snack. It's super flavorful, and the quality of meat is really great. And you could do that at triggerbrew.com. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY. That gets you 20% off. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome as f 
never mind. AF. A California man saves home from fire with beer. So a California man last week, he decided to stay home with a wildfire approaching his home, which isn't very smart, but his house had previously burnt down several years before and he didn't want to go through with it again. Chad Little is his name. He had hoses set up around the house to provide a consistent source of water to keep the flames away from the house, but then the water city area was shut off. So with the fire rapidly approaching, he grabbed the only source of liquid he had, which was plenty of 30 packs of Bud Light cans. And he started shaking them up, popping a hole in them with a little nail, and basically throwing them like water grenades into the flames. And luckily, he had enough cans to keep the flames away before the fire department showed up. Oh, you can't uh, so, even make this stuff up. <laughs> so good on this guy. Like, on, on one hand, you want him to be a hero. On the other hand, if you have enough beer on hand to put out a wildfire, <laughs> you have a problem. Right. right? right. You need to get help. <laughs> no kidding. And then, of course, his buddies, he specifically said, yeah, my buddies, they always tease me about drinking water beer. And I say, hey, save my shop. <laughs> yeah, he uh one time you have an argument for drinking that crap beer. I know. <laughs> well, it saved my life. Right. <laughs> you know, you're like, know. I'll never stop drinking this stuff. <laughs> saved my house. He's like, Hello, Bud Light. I'm looking for a sponsorship. <laughs> right. Yeah, you know, uh, I saw I'm sure you've seen it, but um there was a, a baseball fan that had a Bud Light in each hand and uh a uh Pop fly came into the stands and he just like takes it in the chest and doesn't drop <laughs> he doesn't drop either one of the uh cans of Bud Light and Bud Light like legit hooked him up with a big time it was either uh cash or maybe it was like a lifetime supply of beer. That's, That's incredible. Awesome. I got, I could see this guy getting some sort of deal too because oh, of that. He should, he totally should. I mean, for me it's like a good use of Bud Light to put fires out. <laughs> guy was really like um i watched the video and he's just like a really everyday guy you know and he's just he's grinning because he knows what he did was ridiculous but he's like yeah i had a there's a nail poking up so i was popping him talking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a story for the rest of his life It'd probably be the only story he tells yeah, right i mean he's gonna go around and put fires out with bud light hard to top that one really it is. i, I mean, know smart i wouldn't i i don't know that i would have thought to do that i know you i know. think i would have just been in freak out mode worrying that my eyebrows and eyelashes were gonna get yeah. sensed logan has extra tinder on his eyebrows those would be a pretty good size flame there yeah, yeah. be terrifying when you mentioned those earlier uh um what was it eyebrow tuck I eyebrow thought, lifts yeah <laughs> lifts the uh the doctor would have a He'd be like, this is the worst case I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's funny. All right. Now it's time for iTunes reviews. So first review is from Matto909. Uh, show 154 killed it. Five stars. Ava was on point with Kevin from Q. Talk about feeling like you've done nothing good your whole life. He's rich in family time and guns. What more could you ask for? The big question was, how do you pronounce uh, don't even make me say this. Concada, cicada, and like the insect. Yeah, how do you pronounce it? Cicada. Okay, whatever. Whatever. Uh, I grew Words up. Are hard. Here's the thing. I grew up calling them cicadas. Everyone in my family and my neck of the woods, everyone called them cicadas. 
Dude, I don't even remember what I said because I was a little drunk on episode 154 (laughs) because I recorded later off in the evening. I was like, oh, this is nice. I could have a drink. I could relax. There's nowhere I have to be. And then I'm sure Kevin probably thought the same thing because we ended up getting super trashed on that show. And yeah, he, uh, I remember him saying, it seemed like he said, like, yeah, I'm always a little drunk or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> he cracks me up because if you want to meet somebody who literally does not care what other people think, he is the perfect example. <laughs> yeah, but, I could tell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's almost cringeworthy, but then it's also just yeah. hilarious. And uh, yeah, I was going to say one thing I took away from that is that he's rich. Yep, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, Cicada, Kikada, whatever. Keep up the great work and thanks for the awesome prize pack. You know you've made it when your listeners are thrilled to add a sticker to their safe with your name on it. P.S. Pick the other review because I already won once. Best regards, the Iowa guy. Nah. And next one is SDI underscore 32. Thought Police, five stars. Hello, Ava. The Thought Police is your first podcast I listened to. I started following you from the interview with on Noir and thanks to videos on YouTube. I want to send it to my friend who's a first time gun owner. I know she would love your videos. I keep on listening. All right. Well, I guess SDI underscore 32 is the winner. So contact me and I will send out a prize pack, aka a sticker for your gun save. (laughs) (laughs) I did get new stickers in though. So there's a little incentive. Heck yeah. So someone just leaves you a uh, an iTunes review and you get a chance to win some swag. Yeah. Ooh. Exactly. I'm actually, I just got an email. I'm working on a new patch too, and I'm excited to share that with you guys. I'll switch, yeah, I'll switch to Apple just to get in on this. And uh, I'm on board for that patch. I uh, That's the Patreon package that I got was that patch Yeah. Package. In yeah. fact. Looking forward to that patch. What are you, a two-month Patreon now? So wait one more month and you get that mm-hmm. Patreon-only mm-hmm. patch. I'm looking forward to it. I that- don't know what I'm going to do with it, but. Oh, you don't collect gonna- patches? No, I do now. Ew. Well, I will. He started with this his my first. first yeah, my first patch. Okay, so I'm going to tell you, it's super addicting. I don't. Have you seen my patch wall? I have not. Oh where, my gosh. Where would I have seen it? On, do you follow uh, me on Instagram? I do not. Okay, well, but okay, you're you missing out right now. They don't Ava. have Instagram in Missouri. Oh. What's Instagram? <laughs> yeah, what's that Instagram? Uh, <laughs> like MySpace. I just joined you, the book of we, faces. No, we, <laughs> we don't have that around here. No, you no, we to don't. get uh, followed, Ava. I'm doing it right, meow. <laughs> With the Instagram? It reminds me of like older person. Like my phone don't have Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my parents are like, I'm like, look that up on the internet. They open up Facebook and search in the internet on Facebook. Oh boy. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, so I'm just going to warn you. Once you get your first patch, it's pretty much game over. You're going to have an addiction. People are going to tell you you have an addiction. You're not going to want to admit it. You're going to tell them that the problem is them, not you. Yeah, exactly. And that you're not putting all your money towards patches. And yeah, it's just, but I think I do have one of the largest patch collections. I'm trying to fill an entire wall of my office. Yeah. And it's not a small wall. We should make a a gun shop show patch. You should. Heck yeah. You should. And then people can send you patches, whoever listens to your show, and then you guys can just add it and put it in the store. Yeah, that's a good idea. Gosh, I feel like I'm building up your entire infrastructure of your business model. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're helping us out. Yeah, you're yeah. A patch yeah. department. Just, yeah. yeah. It's just exhausting. We don't have a patch department, but now we have a patch department. <laughs> yeah, there you and go. And also, if if you're not denying that you have an addiction, you're not uh, you're not doing it right. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's already done, by the way. We already have a patch wall. It's 
bigger, yeah. than, bigger than the one. <laughs> oh, whatever. Right yeah, I'm sewing them up as we dope. speak. So it's actually two walls. It's not just one wall. <laughs> no, it's actually it's just two walls. It's done. done. And, and you're like, oh, who's really good with Photoshop? <laughs> We have a guy for that. That's me. Yay. Okay, there you go. I'm, it would be I'm funny. A you're a veteran. It's no big deal. It would be funny if you took a picture of my patch wall and you were like, look, here it is. But <laughs> you didn't realize that it was my patch wall. You just got off the internet oh, when you Googled yeah. largest patch wall ever. That would be, that would be hilarious. Uh, yeah. Pass it off. Because you know it's going to come up. Do yeah, a little search. A thing, yeah. I saw a thing where this gal lost a bunch of weight and she posted like a before and after picture and then later she saw it in a sponsored facebook ad of like for some weight loss product and she's like those are those are pictures of me i never took that product and how the heck are you just taking my pictures no off kidding. my facebook and paying money to sponsor the ad that's, that's the internet these days yeah. people just google stuff and they're like well use this and then they well we had someone I sued a guy just yeah. the other day um we we on we get a takedown notice from one of the brands that we sell that we were violating their rules on ebay and mm -hmm. we haven't been selling on ebay for several years so we go look it up there's a guy with an account named liberty tree with our logo that trevor designed back before he ever worked here i just knew him and hired him to make the logo just straight up using our reputation and our brand to sell stuff on the internet so uh he got a letter from an attorney and had to write me a check. And now he doesn't use our logo anymore. <laughs> wow. It's like the balls of these people. It's unbelievable. Yeah. No, it really is. I've had people use my picture and my name and create fake social media accounts. Of course. Yeah. So if anybody sent you naked pictures, it wasn't me, okay? Sure. No, I'm just sure. kidding. <laughs> no, it's not that. But they just take pictures off of my Instagram and pretend like they're Ava Flynn out. Well, which I guess is kind of flattering to a degree. Yeah, I was yeah, gonna say that's of. how if they think there's value in doing that, <laughs> then that just proves there's nothing more flattery than a stolen identity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. exactly. That's the thing, right? Yeah, that's, that's the old... how it goes. That's that's the old saying from back <laughs> in the day. Well, consider yourself followed, Ava. And also, I saw that picture. It looks like a country. Yeah, I know. It's oh, like all the colors from the states. Well, yeah. Well, not only that, like the way it's so epic here. It looks like uh, a little piece of Africa. Are oh you drawing Lord. Africa with this? Is that what you're doing? Yep. I'm glad you see it. See, one <laughs> artist to another. Yep. I understand. I just followed you Hold back. Hold it up. Hold it up so I can see it from over uh, there. Yeah. Whoa. Is Look. that like the whole surface is patches? Yeah, of course. Edge to edge. Anything oh, I do is problem. 100. Yeah, I would say. Yeah, I mean, us too. I mean, of course, our wall that we put up during the podcast looks like that too, uh -huh, but <laughs> twice as much. Yeah, double that. All right, guys, it's time to wrap up before you steal anything else from me. You guys can find me at gunfunny.com. Consider supporting the show, become a Patreon, and you could do so by going to patreon.com forward slash gunfunny. Blown Deadline is giving away a $300 gift certificate to a lucky Patreon each month. In fact, it's that time where I draw another lucky Patreon. $5 plus Patreons get a Patreon-only patch after three months of becoming a Patreon, and this patch will never be for sale. So if you have that patch, you're in the club, and you didn't buy it, you earned your way there. Anyways, I wanted to thank the $25 Patreons, Corbin Bonafide, Iraq Veteran, 8888, Ryan Morrison, Elliot and Mike Pappas, Joe Lyons, Justin Paulson, Jason Anderson, Joshua Hamp, Sportsman's Guide, Daniel Treadwell, and Star Wars 77. 
Jon Snow's king of the Patreon still. He wants me to say that Operator Tickles can have all four paws on the ground and kick butt at the same time. Bam. <laughs> Do you guys follow my dog on Instagram? Uh, no. Okay. I just learned what Instagram was just now, so yeah. <laughs> I'll look him up. Yeah, I've it's, seen oh, him it's in a, a couple her. of your First of all, it's a her. It's a her, okay? okay. She's a I'm badass. cat guy anyway. It tickles so. Matt. Tickles is angry at you now, Eli. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. And if you're a cat person, then you're going to love Tickles. Yeah, does Tickles also love cat people? Well, or cats? yeah. I mean, she's smaller than a cat, so <laughs> she's oh. like a cat and she cleans herself. She licks her paws and then wipes her head. <laughs> it's, it's really weird. cute. That. Yeah, she's a cute dog. Yeah, she's like super cute. But anyways, guys, thank you so much for joining me. I want you to remind listeners once again where they can find your gun store as well as your show. Two places, libertytreeguns.com for full selection of over 50,000 products in the gun-related world, including that exclusive pistol, the Ruger Security 9 LTO, and then also thegunshopshow.com. All right, cool. Well, guys, thanks so much. And we're out of here. I'm going to go mow my lawn now. <laughs> thanks so much. It was an honor to be on your show. Yes, Ava. thank you. Thank of you. course. Absolutely. Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. <laughs>